Wherever you are in the cosmos, we are live. I am here today with Matt. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. We're just uh, we're here today, uh, first podcast of the new year, and today we're mainly going to be talking about one of our uh, recent favorite games, Dark Souls. So it's pretty brutal, um, quite a journey. But I guess uh, before that, um, what's new with you, Matt? What have you been uh, playing lately? Or we can talk about what we played the other night. <clears throat> well, not a whole lot, you know me. It's always always melee, melee, melee. Mm-hmm, Got a little mm-hmm. bit of Halo Reach now that Master Chief Collection is starting to launch on PC. That's been pretty good. Has that um, has that worked? as it should for the most part like is it a good port does it feel like like when you're playing with a 360 controller on your pc does it feel like you're playing halo or like the game itself runs great that's all fine but uh there there's some minor things that seems like they didn't treat the port with as much care as they did the console version but uh still i'm i'm having a blast with it Okay, very cool. Did they leave? I don't, I know Halo because it's it's Reach, right? Yeah, That's, it's okay. it's just Reach right now, and then they're releasing the rest of the games chronologically up until Halo Infinite comes out. Okay, okay. And for those that don't know, um, the Master Chief Collection did just get released on PC through Steam. That's where you got it, right, man? Yeah, and. and- on the Microsoft Store. Yes. So now, in addition to playing it on your Xbox One platforms, you can play it either through the, the Microsoft Store on your computer or you can play it through Steam. One thing that we found out the hard way, though, because I've had it on Xbox since the day it came out, but there's no cross-play from the Xbox console to the Steam version, which really hurt. Like, I was got the headset on, was gearing up, ready to play, and it's like... Not today, dude. Yeah, don't so. don't make that same mistake. If gonna, which is arguably our fault. They, I don't think they ever promised crossplay. We just assumed. Well, it's just I think I was kind of just taken aback because Microsoft is so very like everybody can play our games anywhere, you know, and like trying to really mm-hmm. like bring up the good, like rebuild that good faith bridge you after can the play whole, them anywhere, just not with each other, not with your friends, unless they have our exact product or twice. Can, yeah, <laughs> twice. And like, I just, I'm, I'm sure that I'll pick up halo three on the computer when it comes out. Cause that's the one, like, I think reach has the best story, but three is my most nostalgic of the yeah, 360, yeah. um, halo games. And it's kind of funny, too, because, like, Halo 2 is still probably my favorite in the series, although now going back, I realize that the story ending kind of sucks. Like, don't you just face yeah, that yeah, brute it, and then it's over? It, it's a it's a cliffhanger ending uh, yeah. in 2. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the other nice thing about the PC launch is that you don't have to buy the whole collection. Uh, each game is only 10 bucks on Steam. So okay. you, you can buy the ones you care about and skip the ones you don't. Skip uh, ODST. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's got a good story too. But I, I guess the reason I never got into that is because like I had to turn my brightness on my TV like all the way up to even know where I was going. I don't know. Maybe I'm just picky. But my, my teenager self was like, man, this game's too fucking dark. It's nighttime. I don't know. You turn the brightness up on every game. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We're playing that, you know, any horror game, any Silent Hill, you know, adjust the slider until, you know, it's barely visible. <laughs> you can see the guy's face clearly. <laughs> yeah. Like. Speaking of which, um, I guess what we've been playing lately too, um, Resident Evil 2 remake on Mm -hmm. the ps4 um 
that I, I was one of the six people that didn't play it when it originally came out. Oh, I'm also one of those six people. <laughs> one third of the people that <laughs> haven't played it are in this room. Um, but I had never played it, but I'd heard amazing things about it and it hasn't disappointed. I mean, graphically it's fantastic. Um, they updated the controls. So it feels more like a, like what a modern resident evil should be like a natural progression to like the resident evil four formula. Mm -hmm. I almost think, but, um, the one thing that kind of caught us off guard and I guess spoilers, but the game has been out for technically like 20 years and the remake's been out for a year, but that like a, about halfway through the game, there's a, a huge like unbeatable dude, like Mr. X or something <laughs> like that. He's yeah. just constantly chasing you through the rest of the game. Yeah. As he, far as we know, it's almost like a, um, like an evil Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. You know, he just looks like just a big bald dude just mm -hmm. running around. But yeah, like we've, you'll run across the whole game. Like you'll run it like, you know, 10 minutes in one direction, then suddenly you hear like a door blow open in the next room over. And yeah, I, I've played a lot of survival horror games before, but that's honestly one of the first like enemies in a game that's like really made me jump and like really like made my heart start pounding and like yeah. I'm sweating because yeah. he's coming. He's 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 unstoppable. And that that to me is like the, my my favorite type of horror as well because it takes a lot to really get me you know in a mm -hmm. game but like that really took me off guard which and now they've announced that they're going to remake um resident evil 3 nemesis which from what i understand is basically that is the whole game it's just this mm. this nemesis figure and i'm sorry resident evil fans i promise i do like the series but i mainly know four but um this huge dude just comes in out of nowhere and just beats the shit out of you and it's over so and that's the game that's the game yeah no it's just, it's it's once he comes in once it's it's a really short game it's it's like 15 minutes so including credits uh but other than that um we kind of dug up every now and then um we'll dig up older games um and i do we both play a lot of retro actually but we were playing geometry wars the other night and mm -hmm. um how would you describe it for people that haven't seen it so geometry wars i don't know when the original came out but basically just think modern day asteroids mm, yeah and it's just classic you're a spaceship on a grid and there's enemies which are just geometric shapes they come at you and you got to shoot them and you got to survive as long as you can and they had two, maybe more versions, but two that we played on the original Xbox 360 arcade. Mm -hmm. And we played a lot of the second one the other night. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's the 360 was a great home to those arcade experiences in general. Like, I think they really pushed it. But there's something about that was like right up there, even more so than Hexic, I think, for me as like the kind of quintessential xbox arcade game yeah. like that and castle crashers and it was cheap it's incredibly easy to just like pick up and like there's there's two controls the two thumbsticks mm -hmm. as soon as you're in you know how to play yeah um it's multiplayer it's really bright and colorful so the music is just heart pounding it's like pumping techno yeah just <laughs> it's like the tempest 2000 soundtrack but you know for geometry uh but there's single and two player modes, but it's really fun with a friend. And 
Matt's way better at it than I am, but definitely recommended. I, I don't know if it got ported to any other consoles. I'm sure it's backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So if you have an Xbox One or fucking who knows a pc at this point with microsoft i wouldn't doubt that there's like a steam like port or something although i can't imagine playing that game with not joysticks yeah the uh wazd and the arrow keys (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah definitely if you have a 360 um still plugged in for some reason like we do check it out for sure um and then what was the other one that we played so the other one we were doing last night was we went back to Cuphead after like a 12-month hiatus. Yes, the game, a.k.a. Masochist the Game. Um, That's going to be a theme for tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess lately we just, it's these these intense grind of an experience in a game that you maybe, it's a battle of attrition, basically. Like with, with Cuphead or Dark Souls or anything where you're you're playing a same the same level for maybe 30, 40 minutes, mm-hmm. and then you beat that boss, you're full of sweat, you're like, I guess, I guess I won? Like, it, it's really worthwhile once you complete it, but when you're in it, it's just kind of, kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't played Cuphead, another one I really recommend. It was uh, originally on the Xbox One. I believe now it's on PC and Switch. Um, that was a pleasant surprise to see it get ported to Switch. But basically, it is a kind of a run-and-gun, bullet-hell type shooter um, in the guise of a 1930s animated cartoon. Like, think Steamboat Willie, uh, with- Mickey Mouse with... Contra. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Steamboat Willie Contra, basically. Um, and to put it in perspective, we probably played for well over an hour. And uh, we, we beat one level. <laughs> we beat one level. Yeah, we tried like, we tried a boss. Got pretty, every boss has like four stages and they evolve over time. So you think you're becoming a pro and then he changes forms and just kills you. We tried probably, we tried a boss, gave up. Tried another boss gave up and then finally we we squeaked into this one boss that was actually pretty fun and there was some of those just feel really unfair to me but i guess that's and we're even playing with two players which i mean should make the game way easier but yes as far as i know there's no difficulty scaling so just the 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 idea of playing that game by yourself and let anyone uh, that's listening uh, feel free to leave a comment um, uh, shaming us shame you one absolutely shaming us and then two um how is it if you're playing solo is it as soul crushing as we believe because there's no in my opinion downside to having a second player like you can revive each other um you provide cover yeah just I mean, more bullets on screen dealing damage I, I guess with like it, as if the enemies like aren't like secretly scaling health it's just like strictly easier yeah either scaling health or maybe you get um half of the cards or something mm. like that like there's a mechanic where as you shoot you kind of charge up we'll just say ammo for a big a big bomb or a like super. A, sc- a screen clear yeah, yeah. and maybe that those mechanics are different i don't know but it's it's just kind of rough but definitely but it's still addicting that there's something about the difficulty of these games that that just mm-hmm. makes you want to come back for more punishment mm-hmm. like at the time you die in cuphead by you know the enemy you've never seen before your, your gut reaction is oh that was bullshit you know but then yeah. you come back the second time and you know it's going to be there mm-hmm. and it still kills you but then you know it's your fault 
Yeah. And then you know how to fix it. So you want to go back and it's like you, you have a plan this time and you want to and then you beat that guy and then there's another one after it. It just right around the corner. And the worst part, I think, for that is there's the initial reaction of, like you said, it's all oh, man, that's fucking unfair. The game sucks. Mm-hmm. But the worst part is when you know what you must do. You know how to beat it, but you can't do it because you suck. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you have to learn. So then it's like you're honing your skills for X amount of time until you can beat it. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something satisfying about those types of games just for that reason alone, but also just the fact, like, not to get into Pokemon, but like just playing more recent Pokemon games. And I think Shield's a great game, but it still does feel very handholdy and, you know, you're walking through something versus like something like Dark Souls or Cuphead where it's just you're dropped into the shit. I mean, you're you're yeah. just there and you have to fight you gotta, or flight. You got to earn it, yeah. you know. Yeah. If that's, you want to yeah. find out what happens, you know, you have to work hard and that hard work helps you, you know, appreciate the story more, appreciate the work that the designers of the game must have put in to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's a good lead in to the main thing that we're going to talk about tonight. And that's dark souls. Um, it's a series that's been going on for 10 or 11 years now started um, with demon souls on the PS three. And then there are three dark souls games um, and then a kind of a spiritual successor in some ways, or just a, a counterpart uh, bloodborne um, and then similar games in the genre. I think From Software also did Sekiro, did yes. they not? Yes. So basically, um, how would you describe, Matt, the foundation of what Dark Souls and these games are? So the the baseline starting point for these games is they're, they're like RPGs. Like mm-hmm. Dark Souls in particular, you know, medieval fantasy setting, sword and sorcery, um just like dungeons and dragons you have all your health stats and dexterity and you can customize your character with different weapons and stuff like that so it's that normal boilerplate but you're set into a really punishing world um where your character is typically incredibly weak it only takes one or two hits one or two mistakes to kill you and the price of death is often very high in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, they use a checkpoint system uh, in the Dark Souls games. It's bonfires. So as you explore the map, you discover different bonfires where you can save your progress and edit your character. Uh, if you die anywhere while you're exploring the world you'll be taken back to the last bonfire you visited and all the enemies will respawn. Yeah. So that's, and that's a big thing too, is you're, you're kind of grinding through an area and there's enemies kind of like with Cuphead that you've never seen before. Um, They're shooting you with arrows, hitting you with swords, throwing bombs at you. You finally get to the next bonfire and you're relieved, but then you light it and everybody comes back. So you, you almost have to, progress through the game strategically because if you light a bonfire and you die and it's way far from where you want to be when you die again because you will die again many Mm -hmm. times uh that's where you'll come back to so it's it's just a phenomenal kind of it's it's an rpg game but it's also kind of a attrition strategy like you're just kind of pushing your way forward when it makes sense yeah a a lot of it is like we said with cuphead 
you'll be at a checkpoint and you have to start memorizing mm-hmm. where the enemies come from, what specific types of attacks they use, because you're going to be fighting them over and over and over again until you master how to perfectly counter or avoid what they're doing, what the traps are, what the patterns of the bosses are. What's the best armor to wear for this particular boss or how do you want to how do you want to present your character versus the enemies in that particular area? And that's I think where the depth comes in because there's so many different strategies and so many ways to play this game that it really is a unique experience for every character. Um, For me, I started out um, thinking I was just going to be kind of a tank, but I ended up using pyromancy flames uh, quite a bit in the game, um, which totally helped a noob like me. I think that that really helped carry me through the game. So if you've never played it, consider using fireballs because they'll save your ass. Yeah, magic in that game is pretty powerful, but it can also be... Uh, harder to understand mm-hmm. for newer players. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a lot of trade-offs like that when it comes to character building. Like you said, initially you wanted to play a tank character, mm-hmm. but one of the quirks in this game is if you think of like a traditional RPG, uh, you just buy the armor which has the best defense rating, and that's mm-hmm. really all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, in this game, there's weight associated with items, and weight affects how fast you can move, which affects how fast you can dodge, and dodging is incredibly important in this game. So there are builds that are equally valid, mm-hmm. some that wear like the heaviest, highest defense tank armor in the game, and builds that wear literally no armor. Yeah, like if you're watching a speed run or if you're watching just someone trying to get to a certain point in the game fast, like on YouTube or something, there's they just the first thing they do is take all their armor off and they're just like this kind of skeleton man running like naked through yeah, all these roll, monsters. Rolling around everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. It's almost like if you guys have played Skyrim, um, where if you get over encumbered you move really slow. It's like that only there's about what, four stages of that yeah, that yeah. kinda of slow you down in a game that movement is paramount to success yeah yeah um another thing that i really um think kind of sets these games apart uh is the kind of i don't want to say gothic setting so much for this but it's very like everything's made of stone and uh just kind of medieval feeling i mean no no guns or anything it's all just swords daggers hammers um you know magic and spells and the the whole world um just feels very just well crafted and kind of dark yeah i I mean i guess that's the name but the whole world is yeah dark and decaying dank all all the characters (laughs) you meet are like depressed and they're turning into zombies slowly and they can't prevent it. I'll never get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a very like melancholy, somber experience as you're exploring everything. I guess too I should say maybe a little late, but the game has been out for nine years, so this is going to be very spoiler heavy, uh, potentially. So if you are in the middle of the game right now or if you haven't played it um, and you really want to play it sometime soon, 
maybe go listen to another episode of Dan's Game Room and come back to this because this we, we're just we're not going out of our way to spoil anything. But, but we got to talk about some of these bosses. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you haven't mm. played it, the only way to play it, I think, is as cold as possible. Yeah, uh, definitely going into a new room and just seeing an enemy that could literally kill you in one to three hits. And, but you don't know. But you don't know. You don't know how strong it is. You don't know if it's a mid-boss, um, but it's a demon. It's got horns. It's looking pretty nasty. Maybe you can take it. Probably not, and you die. And um, that is kind of the thrill of the game, um, especially, too, because you have you level up at bonfires through uh, accumulated souls that you obtain from killing enemies. Yeah. So it's kind of a gamble system. Like Matt alluded to earlier, like when you die, you drop a lot of what you have as far, you drop what you have as far as souls are concerned. So in order to get your souls back, basically all your currency to level up, you have to run from the last bonfire you were at either and strategically kill your way or dodge your way to your body. Which, if it's in a boss room that you're scared shitless of and you have no idea what to do and the floor is falling and you're on fire, you're going to shit your pants and you're probably going to try to pick up your body as fast as you can. And then die immediately after. <laughs> yes. Um, on the Not to spoil the last boss or anything, but um, on that last boss, when I, you, you have to run a gauntlet basically um, through like kind of a wasteland, then up some stairs and you're kind of hopping across ruins and you get into this kind of castle-like area. The first two or three times I died, I would just beeline for my body right away. And I think that's what you do in any boss is you you just you get to your body and pick your crap up. Because otherwise... It's just like there's so much experience sitting there. That was like an hour's worth of grinding. I, I have to get my, my experience back. Yeah, because the nature of this game is as you're trying to progress, you are hitting wall after wall. And the game is letting you know how much you're a piece of shit. And you finally conquer it. And maybe you're like a 20 minute walk or it feels like a 20 minute walk, a fight back to the bonfire and you, maybe you, you heal without thinking and now all the enemies are respawned, you know, or, or something. And it's just like, you have to kind of weigh out when you want to level up. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of wild. But as far as the story for this game, it's pretty vague as you go into it. Isn't it? How, how would you, so, the so basic premise? Th that's another thing theme of the way the game is presented everything is very obtuse this game does not hold your hand at all mm -hmm. there is no quest system there's no like waypoints or map markers or compasses or anything it's like you'll get a verbal only piece mm -hmm. of dialogue that va that very vaguely tells you which direction you should head it's kind of non-linear in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, but, but the overall premise for the story is that this world is slowly dying. Um, people are becoming undead. Um, it's like a sickness or a curse. Uh, nobody knows how to get rid of it. Um, in classic RPG fashion, uh, you just so happen to be the chosen one. Uh, who is supposed to lift this curse of the undead from the land. Uh, also, all the gods are dying. Yeah, so it's like not only is Earth falling into this terrible despair, but even like these all-powerful beings are withering themselves or being corrupted 
by evil. Are are the bosses that you fight in the game technically gods? Are some of them gods? Uh, some or? of them are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because that that's another thing too. Like you're fighting a literal god. I mean, I don't, I haven't played God of War, but it's it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like that, <laughs> you know. Um, but let me pull up here. There's a lot of different areas in the game. Um, you're kind of uh, yeah. So so th- this is again mild spoiler territory from here on out. Uh, wh- one of my favorite features about this game is the exploration mechanic. Uh, you said it was non-linear, and I think to hammer that home further, I would say it's like a 3D Metroidvania-style game. Um, I can see that. I think that's a good comparison. Like, there's, I don't know how many bosses total in the game, but there's a, a significant number. 10 to 15, Yeah, you say? Yeah, <clears throat> at least mainline ones. And you can do them more or less in any order you want. You can totally steamroll through certain sections of the game or just run past all the enemies and be way farther than you should be. <laughs> way under-leveled, um, really bad equipment. <laughs> the The whole world is incredibly huge, but at the same time, it links back on itself in unexpected ways. Like, you'll be going through this castle system for hours on end or maybe multiple days of your playthrough, and then at the end of the castle, there's an elevator, and it takes you back to where the game started. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, you're like, holy shit. Um, I think there was a, a big, because where I started the game, I think it's kind of the, is it Undead Burg? Was kind of so where I picked up. You start out in, in Firelink Fire Shrine. And then I went to Undead Burg, and doesn't that connect to Northern Undead Asylum? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Or Undead Parish. But what you did first is you went to the catacombs or the graveyard area. Oh, my God. With the skeletons? Yeah. So there's basically three ways that you can go at the start of the game. (laughs) And there's no, like, NPC and there's no quest system to tell you which way is the right way to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, As it turns out, if you go to the graveyard like Daniel did, it's way hard for new players. Yeah. the it's And I'm already feeling a little shaky on this game at this point because like matt had started his own file on his switch and i got it on ps4 and we're playing it and i'm i'm dying a lot as to be expected and uh matt's i'm like where should i go and he's like i don't know just pick a just pick away i don't know so <laughs> really helpful <laughs> and so i went i went down to just where these skeletons happen to be and like skeletons are usually weenies in games i'm like okay i can take these guys just like a bunch of arrows my way, dead many times. Yeah. It's it's just I'm plowing my way through, getting like frustrated, you know, all this stuff, and I get to the end of this road, and it's it's above the entrance to the catacombs, yes. which is a really kind of a disturbing, tough part of the game. But I'm I'm at the top, and there's just this really big skeleton that comes out of nowhere, and to say he one shot me would be an understatement. I mean, he <laughs> he killed me like three times every time he killed me. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was just yeah, because you have to go back and get the body, and then mm-hmm. he wakes up and he steps on you. Yes, and uh, of course I would lose you know several levels worth of progress every time because I'm trying to get there. Um, but that's the thing about Dark Souls is I after it beat me into submission. I just turned and went somewhere else. Yep. And I think that's when I went to either Undead Parish or Undead Burg, mm-hmm. which are two of my kind of favorite areas of the game because it is like broken down stone 
huts, um, kind of like castle areas. Um, think of like the out outer part of King's Landing, almost like where mm-hmm. the the peasants live, but they're all undead and trying to kill you. Um, but that I think is kind of the beauty of the beginning of the game is like you're just kind of nobody tells you to do anything. You know, you can just go. Couldn't you go to the Valley of the Drakes in the beginning too? Yeah, yeah. If you have the master key, you can do that. Is that the one I started yes. with? Yes. Yes. But I think to get to certain places, sometimes they still do kind of gate you off because there'll just be a guy with yeah. a big sword or something, and he's you know you can't take him because I yeah. mean once you try him. Yeah, but but again, that's that's the Metroidvania aspect. On on your first playthrough, you know that okay, I can't go this way first. That's way too hard, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm gonna take the easy route. And oh, I know I need to get this key to open this door so I can get here and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the second time you play through it, maybe your skill level's gotten better. You just know more about the game. You can take the hard route first. Mm-hmm. Or you could get a key out of order, or you could skip a section that you thought was barred off. Yeah, and isn't and now how many levels of New Game Plus are there in this game? Uh, seven. Yeah, so at, by the time I think that you've even beat the game once, or but especially if you're on your like fourth, fifth, sixth playthrough or whatever, you probably could go pretty much anywhere right out the gate and yeah. and just get to where you need to go and i think that's part of the thrill of this game is you don't have to change a difficulty slider or you know you don't have to beat it on easy and then go to hard like it's always hard and then as you gain in skill that's how you kind of match up because when you do new game plus you retain all your levels you you keep your armor and gear and everything else yep you keep all your non like key items basically Okay. okay um yeah, I, I, I think that my least favorite part of the game might be the poison area, Blight Town, yeah. and basically, um, again, we, d- I think I did this way too early. Did I do Blight Town kind of early on? Uh, or I think so. Yeah. You, 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 basically, it's um just flies that shoot poisonous like pus at you and like just weird monsters, and you fall down this. Um, into this area that's very hard to get out of if you're inexperienced as a player. You mm. have to make very precise jumps. Everybody's really disgusting down there and, like, throwing balls of shit at you and, like, just... It's like, you know how every sewer level in every video game ever is the worst? Uh, it's like that <laughs> in an already incredibly dark, punishing, depressing game. Yeah. Like it, it's a it's a medieval sewer level. <laughs> it, yeah, <it> sucks. <laughs> yeah, where it's like a, any kind of sewer level, like the sewer level from Diablo two mixed with the maggot layer, uh-huh, is uh-huh. in a wide open uh, difficult game. Is kind of what Blight Town is. Um, but is the boss of that one the chick with all the eggs or whatever? Or Quail the egg. Quail yeah. egg. Yeah. yeah, the spider. Yeah, that wasn't too bad of a boss though. I don't think. Or I'm trying to remember. I mean, it, it all depends on when you did it if, it, yeah. if it was bad or not. I came back later for that one because yeah. I, I think it just pissed me off so bad. Um, I think the first, actually, I think I know the first big boss that I beat, and that was the the Great Wolf. Oh, Sif? Sif, yeah. yeah. And it's 
it's very it actually reminds me of the cover of Pokemon Sword. Uh, yes. The dog with the sword in his mouth. There was a meme going on. I, I'd, I'd be internet. surprised. Nintendo had to know that. You know something. Yeah, it, it was they. It wasn't a coincidence. But it's just just this huge dog with a giant sword, and it's like William Wallace's sword in his mouth, and um, that I think is. I'm glad I did that boss first. Mm. Like, I, I mean, you probably don't have a lot of options to what you can do right away. But that to me was one of the best kind of introductions into what this game's going to do to you. Yeah, it, it's a great skill tester uh, of a boss. Like, you really have to think about all the tools that the game provides you to avoid attacks, to block attacks, to you know, counter hit when it's safe to go in and when you should run away and heal up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like just how I think it gets you kind of in to the flow of the game. And that I think the whole point of this game too, is just to make you realize that you, it's your fault if you die. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like the, and that's the beauty of this game is it's punishing. You hate your life and you get pissed off, but at the end of it, you can never say, this game fucking sucks. You just say, I should have done better, or yeah. I know better than that. Mm-hmm. What was your least favorite part? I feel like I know the answer, because we've kind of talked about it, but what? <clears throat> um, Blight Town is pretty gross. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually there for a lot longer than you. I got horribly lost in that section. <laughs> um, I would say New and Orlando Ruins. Uh, the sunken place with the ghosts. Ooh, yeah. Because what did you have to... You had to buy a certain item to traverse yeah. that correctly, did you not? So this is one of the other places that's connected to the start of the game. Uh, so you could end up going here first and just completely die. <laughs> but uh, there's ghosts. It's this like underwater city. And like ghosts, they can travel through walls to attack you and just grab you out of nowhere. And you can only attack them back if you have a specific item that you consume, which has a time limit on it. Which is never explained. Yeah, yeah. Nobody tells you. It's not explained at all. And I think you can only buy it from one or two vendors, if I'm correct. Yes. There's like some you pick up and they can drop randomly, but the game does not hand them out. Like... (laughs) <laughs> you you have to figure out how to beat that area quickly or you're going to be in a lot of pain. There's no pity in Dark Souls. Yeah. The the worst part about it I think is like just like every other stage of the game, you die a little bit, then you start memorizing the patterns, getting further into the dungeon, getting better at fighting the enemies one on one, and then just when your like confidence is built up, you'll be fighting a bunch of ghosts and then the curse that you put on yourself to be able to fight them wears off. There's yeah. there's no on-screen timer to let you know when it's going to run out. You just all of a sudden can't damage them and they're just killing you. And then there's there's maybe three or four around you and they kind of come out of nowhere and you're like, "I can take these guys. I'm Errol Flynn." And then your 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 shit's worn off and yeah. you're like, "Well, can't touch them." Yeah. And then of course with me I think what happened once was I ran out of the ghost killer stuff. So I went in, it ran out, I died in a horde of them, 
and I just couldn't get my stuff. Yeah. I think I... You know there's no way to get back to your body. Yep. Because there'd be so many along the way. And even if you could somehow get back to, like, the merchant that sells this thing that you need, you're probably going to die on the way. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to die. I mean, there is a point in the game where you can warp from bonfire to bonfire, and that just changes how you can play the game. But for for the beginning part of the game, I mean, you're kind of just out of luck if that mm-hmm. happens and you get cornered. That kind of reminds me, the other instance I can think of that you need a specific item to progress is when you're in the, uh, that like, what's it called? The Duke's Archives? Is that, mm. or is it on the way down there? Does the Crystal Cave lead to Duke's Archives? Uh, Crystal Cave is after Duke's Archives. Okay, well, you're, yeah, so you go through the Duke's Archives, which is like this grand library, and there's these wizards that are just pains in the ass, and it's just, it's a really kind of a, struggle of an area i guess like the whole game and you get through it and then you get down into the crystal cave and there's just a big drop off you don't know what the hell you're doing matt thankfully told me that there is an item that you have it's almost like you drop a light or like light like you light a um something in a cave you know what i mean you drop it and it's kind of marks your way it's like dropping it's an item that's like dropping breadcrumbs but they glow yeah, and, and also if you drop them and they would <laughs> drop a distance that would kill you, they scream, which is uh, really weird <laughs> and terrifying. I forgot about that. It, it's just an item that screams if you drop it too far. <laughs> yeah, so it's like there's just a few instances in this game. I think those are kind of unfair just because you, you have to almost know that you're going to need those items. Like, nobody ever says, you know, there's a place up ahead that you'll have to light your way or whatever mm-hmm. you know take these like it's it's very and again that's unusual um in 2019 but even still in like 2011 when this game came out i still feel like it was out of the norm to have a game that's just like you're gonna die and you're gonna like it yeah yeah so okay so let's talk about uh some bosses so mm. Okay, uh, least favorites first, or just, like, most frustrating, most annoying? Um, I think, I think for me, I had a little bit of trouble with Orenstein and Smog. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's basically like a Laurel and Hardy duo. Um, look Two bosses at once. Yep, yep. and oh, when, yeah. you, when you kill... They're in, like, a level one form, and you kill one, and then the other absorbs the power of the one that you killed, mm-hmm. and he's, like, a level two. So I killed the – who's the the skinny guy? Uh, Ornstein. Or, so I, I, I took out Ornstein because um, he was faster and more annoying, and then there's just this big tank of a dude with a hammer who's just, like, jacked, and he absorbs his brother's power, and that was terrifying because he's, he's – destroying pillars he's going all over the place and the lightning damage mm-hmm. was just brutal and i think that was one of the first i i think i'd encountered like a, the fireball one of the fire bosses before but that was the first time i thought i'm really out of my element here pun intended like i'm really like i i'm gonna die from lightning damage yep um, and if either of those guys hit you in form one or form two like especially where you were at at that stage in the game it's like a one or two hit kill Every time you make a mistake, you have to, like, run and heal. Yeah, because there's just no... 
there's no coming back from some of this stuff. What about you? What's one of your least favorites? Um, least favorite, um, probably like Bed of Chaos or Four Kings. Uh, there, there's a couple bosses which um, don't obey the normal like hack and slash your way to victory pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like bed of chaos is a gimmick it, it literally takes three hits to kill it's just hard to land those three hits is bed of chaos the one that had the floor the floor away? which falls away yeah that is also one of my least favorites like yep. that to me felt not quite i don't want to say cheap but there's no instruction and you have to just make a beeline for the heart right or, yeah yeah um and it's just not interesting more than anything else Another one that I kind of had trouble with, and I think going, I'd be curious to see how I do uh, New Game Plus, but I think just being so inexperienced in the game, the bell gargoyle Mm -hmm. match on top of the roof, like there's these two gargoyles, same thing, like just two bosses at once, swinging axes around with their tails, that really messed me up. Um, And that was probably difficult just because that's one of the first bosses you run into in the game. Yeah. So I I mean, by first, I mean like third or fourth, but, but still still like relatively new. Yeah. New to the game, new to the mechanics and you're fighting two things with like 800 HP at the same time. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, Was... I'm trying to think of the name. Pinwheel, was that the one in the Blight area? Pinwheel was at the bottom of the catacombs. Okay, yeah. yeah. That that was also... I didn't... He's the guy who clones himself. Okay, yeah. okay. What about favorite bosses? Do you have any that you're like, I actually really enjoyed playing this? Okay, or... so favorite, um, Ornstein and Smog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Like... For me, that is the boss fight that I spent the most time on. Like, I, I think it was probably literally like four or five hours just doing that boss over like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And just like <clears throat> trying different weapon combinations, different armor, different ring sets, you know. Uh, going back and grinding for an extra level or something to see if that gives me the edge. Mm-hmm. And just like really trying to figure it out. I think the, the process or going through that difficult process really made me just appreciate them a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then like coming back on new game plus and doing it like first or second try. Cause I had that knowledge was, I don't know. It, it's a really satisfying feeling. And I also think aesthetically they just look cool and combo well together. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, and I think that's kind of the quintessential dark souls experience is you're going to hate it, but you're going to come back stronger about it and then on the new game plus you'll just you know the pattern and at that point there's just more health more damage if i'm correct like that's mm-hmm. the the enemies just scale and that's pretty much the only difference yeah. more health more damage and they give you slightly more uh <clears throat> experience more souls i really enjoyed the demon fire sage actually because mm-hmm. he that's the he's like butt bombing the whole time and shooting fire out that was one of the bosses, along with um, the Chaos Witch Quelag or Quelag. Yeah. Um, that I I kind of felt like not only was I getting the game, but I just really kind of like what you were saying with Ornstein and Smog, where it's like you're putting your strategy to good use, like you're testing your theories, you're you're figuring it out, and that really just at, when I would defeat those guys, I just felt like 
I knew what the hell I was doing, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen often in this game when you first play through. And uh, along that same line, another one of my favorites is the final boss. Yeah. Um, Do we know his name? I don't. Uh, Gwen. Gwendolyn. Dark Sun. Or Gwen. Gwen, Lord of Cinder. There you go. Okay. But yeah, w- probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, final boss in any video game. Like, he's not the hardest, uh, like, person you'll fight in the game, but it feels like he adequately tests all of your skills. It's like a, a good comprehensive final exam. Yeah. You know. Yeah, what you've learned, and it's it honestly felt like the most grounded battle yeah of there, the there's no gimmicks game. he's not like a giant like hydra thing there's no floor like not really environmental hazards yeah you're just fighting a man with a sword and he happens to be good with it <laughs> yeah and i think i died a couple times and the gauntlet to get to him was kind of challenging um but that felt like a damn good end mm-hmm. and a good fight and should we talk about the ending or uh it's it's so confusing i <laughs> you know what okay i'll just say I, this when you when you inevitably beat the game you are faced with a choice uh the game doesn't tell you it's a choice just like it doesn't tell you anything else about the story so if you get to that point and you make the choice you're going to say in fact i would wager that Without giving away the dead end of the, the whole thing, I think you most players probably make a choice that's immediately in front of them and yeah. they don't realize yeah. that there is even another option. It's mm-hmm. almost instinct because, one, you don't know it's the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And two, you know, it's just it's immediately in front of you. So, yep. And then once you make that choice, you can't go back. You're in New Game Plus. <laughs> yeah, there's no, it's not like, because it's like in Ghouls and Ghosts, like when you beat it and then, oh, it's all an illusion and you have to beat it again to actually save the princess. Uh, Dark Souls is kind of like that. They don't, they don't write it into the story that way, but it's just like, once you beat the game, it puts you right back at the beginning. And there's no, and the game constantly auto saves so you can't kind of cheat it out or oh yeah um, you know uh redact something because you lost your eighty thousand souls that could level you four times that's a very important mechanical thing you can't save scum it there's no quick save quick load you're always committed to every decision you make yep you die you go in an area you kill an enemy buy an item that turns out to be bad all your souls um and it auto saves down the corner and it signifies your doom sometimes so it's like if you get crushed or if you just end the game and you're like i want to make a choice i didn't know i read the mm-hmm. forum after um when you beat it just pick the ending or do the ending that you don't have a choice of because you don't know and then just go on youtube and watch endings for yeah. dark souls i mean if you're not going to new game plus it mm-hmm. uh also another word on new game plus um about how long did it take you to beat dark souls oh my god um i don't i don't know just because on the ps4 i didn't track my hours would you is 20 hours sound right yeah i feel like mine was in like the low 20s to 30 range but it's been so long i'd say 25 to 30 is about right at most 30 at most right and 
most of that time is spent, you know, memorizing the patterns and dying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. On New Game Plus, uh, the start of the game is easier because you come back with your old gear and all your levels and everything. So you're stronger than average. But New Game Plus, like even, you know, an inexperienced players like us, you could beat it in a couple hours. Really? Yeah, like two to five probably. Jesus. Just because all that punishment of like having to memorize where the enemies are and which door leads to what section of the map because you've spent so much time it's just instinct and that's fascinating too just the curve of time that that just goes down so dramatically i Mm -hmm. I had no idea and i guess maybe i could see you still getting hung up on certain bosses because even though you know how to beat them they're just they have scaled Yeah, yeah but as far as just strolling through just even like the first time I was going through like undead parish and those early areas, it's with great trepidation and apprehension because oh, yeah. you're, you're like terrified. Yeah. Cause you don't, you're like, I don't know where the hell the bonfire is. And I totally have one sword, you know, and it's not powered up at all versus like when you come back in and guns blaze and you're like, I got to get to that other ending. You mm-hmm. know, I gotta, I gotta show this game that I've learned my lesson. Yeah. So. Um, and to go along with um, the knowledge being the most important, you know, thing that you get from playing the game, uh, you can actually go through like the entire game with just like the level one weapons, no armor, and as long as you don't get hit, I mean, you could beat the whole thing, and again, like in, in an hour or two, and that's it, it's really crazy how much <laughs> just the pure knowledge of where things are, how the enemy's going to attack can carry you. You literally don't need any other assistance. And that's what just kills me about this game is that, you know, you spend so much time, you know, running through poison and fire and just, you know, falling off ledges and getting just killed by a spinning skeleton on a pinwheel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you watch a speed run or you try it again and you're like, I just dodged that whole area. Mm-hmm. I ran through the whole area and I just, you know, maybe screamed the whole way, but I made it. Um, it makes you realize how fair everything actually is. And that's why you can't, I mean, you can get mad all you want, but that's why personally I I can't fault the game for its difficulty. Yeah, It's just me You learning. realize how many chances the game handed you to not fuck up. But you instinctively fucked up <laughs> yeah. big time because you're like, because I'm, you know, I think it's play style too. And you can attest to this, like any multiplayer game or just certain single player games. Even I usually pick the tank. I usually run into the battle guns blazing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the guy that gets the shotgun and the sword in Halo 2. Like, and I just a piece of shit and I'll just run right in and no consideration or whatever you cannot play this game that way yeah. you can and i learned that the hard way because the first few times i was playing the first few sessions i was just you you have to kind of forget that type of mentality and really kind of crawl your way through the game on the yeah, first place so yeah th- that's something that we kind of glossed over is how the combat actually works in dark souls and this is very important and something that sets it apart from other similar rpgs mm-hmm. think Skyrim or whatever. Um, in a game like Skyrim or Dragon Age or Fallout, 
you can kind of just like hack and slash. Like if you do a basic attack, the animation is quick, crisp, it knocks the enemy away from you. If you miss, there's not a huge penalty usually. Yeah. Um, in Dark Souls, the vast majority of all of the weapons, weapon attacks and spells you can cast take multiple seconds from start to finish. Like you are committed to swinging this claymore. And if you miss, there will be like a huge recovery time where you have to like pick the sword up off the ground. Like stamina recharge. Like you might as well set down the controller and just like go get a drink (laughs) because you know you're dead after you miss. Especially if you round a corner um, and you accidentally trigger some other enemies to come in and you already are struggling with one guy, it's over. Yeah, they'll they'll stun lock you because they're all attacking you at once or you can only block one. Um, So a big part of the game is using your block, using your dodge roll. Your light attack versus just swinging your heavy every time. Yep, yep. And just waiting for the right opportunity to where an opponent does an attack that has a lot of lag on it. Mm -hmm. You know, they swing their Mm -hmm. giant club and then they're, you know, breathing heavily trying to lift it off the (laughs) ground. That's when you go and backstab them. Yeah, and that's when you can shoot your flame from a close distance or swing from your with your heavy attack yeah um it's very tactical in that way that there's like a light attack heavy attack jumping running rolling attacks mm -hmm. there's different types of dodges and they all have their time and their place even like throwing items you know like exploding Mm -hmm. bombs Mm -hmm. or just um just ways to kind of attack from a distance um or, or even bow and arrows and crossbows which i never really I found it to be more useful to trigger enemies versus doing any sort of real damage. Mm -hmm. But that's, again, not the build that that I went for. Yeah, that's that's the way you distributed your stats made it that way. Is that dex? Yeah. yeah. um, I think a good area that trained me for combat in that game was there's – I forget the name of it, but it's where all those, like – grass guys that come out of the ground are and there's all these humans in this gauntlet dark root garden yeah Yeah. and there's just like four just humans humanoids whatever and they all kind of have different styles like healing themselves or kind of barbarians or shooting projectiles magic or kind of just super stealth and that kind of taught me like hey you're gonna have to adapt on the fly if you want to survive in this game yeah uh Back to uh, weapons Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. the fighting mechanics real quick. Uh, In a lot of games, like, again, Skyrim or whatever, uh, you pick up a longsword, you pick up an elven longsword or a dwarvish longsword. They they all have the same animations. It's just some do more damage or weigh less or whatever. And and that's cool, and you can customize and be cosmetic in that way. Uh, Dark Souls takes it a little bit further in that each weapon or at least each different class of weapons have their own unique animations so a long sword and a short sword not only do they do different amounts of damage but they have a different amount of reach the time it takes to swing with the light attack 
you know, takes a different amount of time. The arc of the heavy attack might be in a completely different direction. And that might influence what it will influence what weapon you use like and sometimes it's, you're not going to use your highest damaging weapon because it's just you, bad for the situation yeah and like i used a club or a mace for most of the game because like with the club specifically the heavy attack was like an over the head kind of jumping attack. wallop yeah you really get them and it it allowed me to i think kind of cheese my way in to attack above my skill level because I was really far back enough to dodge, but I could lunge Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that worked for my play style. The only other weapon I used with any kind of regard was the, was it like the Lance or that pole arm or whatever that had the electric. Yeah. You you got the lightning spear. Yeah, Yeah. And, and that was also good because I had a little bit of distance, but, but overall I found a weapon that suited my playstyle for most of it. And when I combine that with the fireball, it, it worked for me. But I think a lot of players, I think you included Matt, probably switched up your weapons quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I tried out a bunch of different builds with the weapons. I think I pretty much ended the game and did like 90% of my second playthrough with the Black Knight Halberd. Ooh, okay. So it's like a big pole arm, but the attacks, instead of being like purely thrusting, there's a little bit of an arc to it. Mm-hmm. It was like a good like ranged weapon that also does like an area of effect kind of thing. Very cool. What did your what was your armor for that? Um I changed up armor significantly during okay. the game. I think I also tried like a heavy armor strat at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. and just realized that that wasn't working. That yeah. I needed to be able to roll fast to play the way that I wanted. For two thirds of the game, I think I I kept a pretty moderate to light armor but what is that set that i you uh, used havels for like the back half of the game which is a set that you can't really upgrade but is automatically like it's very heavy but very defensive and i think for the fact that i could lunge with that club even when i was a slow moving target it really just happened to work Mm -hmm. so there's one area I can't recall the name of that I've been thinking about that I particularly hated, and it's the one with the um, like the spiral staircases. That there's the one with the shortcut. Um, it's got all the. Uh, it's where like the guys had the arrows and they're shooting you and you have to run up. It's oh, and Orlando is that and yeah, is that yeah, is that the with the rotating? The okay, yeah, yeah. that I think was one of the hardest places in the game because you yeah. you come into that and you're you're running. There's those dudes that throw in the knives way up on top of the church yeah i I think that's like the 50 percent point of the game and the difficulty ramps up i mean it's already an insanely difficult (laughs) game your your soul is already crushed but then you beat the boss that takes you to this section and it's like everything's already twice as hard yeah there's no like smooth transition it's just you're immediately getting way fucked way harder than you thought was possible yep and there's just there's guys like those kind of lightning demon oh, gargoyle yeah. things. And then there's like the guy shooting the arrows at you from way far away. Yeah, the dragon slayer arrows yeah. from like a mile away. You never see it coming and it just instantly one shots you. That I think that, that part of the game, even if that's not where I got stuck the longest, that was like the only time where I was like, you know what? Maybe I won't finish this game, but you you make it through or whatever. But there's just when you're going through that further area and there's just it was easy for me to get lost. 
because mm-hmm. there's like one room you walk in and there's that like big yeah like, when you're inside guy. the castle it's yeah. a little symmetrical and that can be confusing and then the speedrunners are like yeah man this is a little shortcut it makes it yeah, really just easy, jump but, off the stairs but i could then... never get that shortcut yeah. i tried it for so many minutes but i don't i don't know i i i will say that this game, even though it's an RPG, it, it still was a good break for me from traditional RPGs because that's that's my bread and butter. I love getting into like a JRPG that I know I'm going to drop, you know, 30 to 50, 60 plus hours into. Um, but after a while, it's easy to kind of get burnt out. And now being, you know, almost 28, not having much time to just maybe game for a whole weekend in a row, it's really nice to come into a game like this that you can really you almost have to do it in bite-sized chunks or you're going to get burned out or like you can play for a few hours but you're going to get pounded into submission so overall where does that game rank for you in recent games that you've played um i mean i want to think about it but at the same time i mean it was just the best game i played in 2019 for sure yeah and i'll say that for me, I think Dark Souls is definitely in my top three for the last several years. Um, it's just, especially for if we take RPGs out of the mix, but um, even still, even then it still ranks pretty high. But without RPGs in consideration, I think it's just one of the finer games mechanically that I've ever played. And it makes me really want to check out the other games in the series. I mean, you've expressed interest in some of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to play all of them, but there's only so many hours in the adult day. <laughs> uh, I, I think the top of my list right now is Sekiro or Sekiro or however yeah, you say it. Yeah, But uh, th- that one seems cool, and it's, uh, like we mentioned earlier, it's not a direct sequel to the Dark Souls game. I'm pretty sure it's a different universe, but... Mm-hmm. It's the same genius creator, same company behind it. From software. Yeah. And then I think I think the guy's last name is Miyazaki, not the yeah. animated director. No relation. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I I've I've messed with Bloodborne in the past. I got it right when the PS4 came out. Um or right when I got my PS4, I should say. And it was too much for me <laughs> back then. I feel like now I could go back and at least have an idea of what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's very dark gothic type. Um, yeah, you know. Victorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very dark, um, darker than Dark Souls. Uh, but there's something about Sekiro that really kind of interests me because it is in that feudal Japan era. And I'm very interested in that Eastern kind of culture type stuff. So in games. So I feel like that would be... If I had to pick one to play again or like another one to try, yeah. it would be that one. Yeah. For for me, the big interest is not only the the setting change, you know, they're going to feudal Japan or where, whatever, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. But also mechanically, it's the most different from the other FromSoft games. Like there's a new um, like kind of balance mechanic where you can have your posture broken Oh, kind of like poise? Only. Yeah, yeah, kind of like poise. Um, and if you're able to break somebody's stance, you can deal critical hits to them. So it's sort of like an alternate way <clears throat> to win the fight rather than just chipping away at their HP bar. Like that seems really cool. If you're me. stunning them more yeah, so. Yeah. 
That's also, a, there's the grappling hook, and that looks fun as hell. There is. See, yeah. I haven't even. I. It's funny because I worked at a game store when that was right before and like right when it came out, and I I watched the same trailer reel like every day for like two months. But I I never saw a grappling hook. But I I never got less hyped for the game. That's the first time in a while because I don't really watch trailers for movies or games. Like it's kind of spoiling to me. But just seeing that, I was like, I gotta play this game. So. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Um, thank you for joining us and lighting your bonfires with us tonight. It's it's a game series that we haven't played all the games, but I would definitely recommend Dark Souls. I mean, you're going to hate it, but you're going to be glad when you beat it. So, Matt, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, of course, dude. Thanks for having me. And as always, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we got a lot coming up in 2020, which is still weird to say out loud, but uh, um, there should be some good episodes coming out in the near future. So uh, as always, you can find us on Podbean, uh, Apple Music, and pretty much anywhere that you can stream podcasts. So until next time.